from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One of the biggest stars in the NBA may not feel the love that he should. And as a result, a chapter or a significant franchise could be coming to a close. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're watching us in the ESPN app, you know the drill by now. It's Wednesday. So it's Dress for Success Wednesday. Uh, Harry, Harry went cowboy hat. Uh, for the record, I did have a suit coat on, but it was very hot in the studio, so I had to lose the coat. But I'm the only person wearing a tie. I'm trying to figure out what happened. Like, you know, dress for success Wednesday. It feels like now the weather's getting a little warmer up here in New England, and and I don't know, like, you know, Evan Evan's wearing a sport coat, but it doesn't really look that different than what he usually wears. And you know, Devin's wearing a pullover. I, like a pullover. What 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 don't is do this? That. Dress for success don't for a do pullover. That. Don't do and that. I've also learned this important thing, Harry. Now, Harry, you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. All you have to say on this show, walking around the halls on Wednesday morning, is, "Oh, that's dress for success." That's all you have to say, and everybody spirals up around here. Like Dev- Devin's really defensive of his glorified frat night pullover. This is one hundred percent Irish wool from the an ancient mountain pass in Ireland. So let's not speak uh, on things we just wh- don't understand. Okay, wh- what does that have to do with dress for success? Thank Wednesday? you. Thank you. What are you talking about? Thing, are, you, are, you, talking about? are you applying for a job as a sheep shearer? You also have I mean, a white t-shirt fun. on. Devin, you have a white. I guess if you had a collar shirt on underneath that. it. You have a white that. t-shirt you underneath it. You're wearing a t-shirt Don't worry below. about that part. Okay. When he's up, up, I can zip up, zip down. Doesn't matter. And so you're like, wearing, whoa. So to be whoa. clear, you are wearing. <laughs> Stay zipped up, Devin. Please. You are wearing a t-shirt and a pullover for Dress for Success Wednesday. It is an Irish wool pullover. Okay. Come on. Last time I checked, we were in what? America? Yeah. yeah. United States? Or, we, or, or are we in Ireland? What do you have against that? What do you have no, against I mean, I'm just nothing, g- nothing whatsoever. I'm just saying, like, you keep talking, it's Irish wool and all that. I'm just so? imagining Devin walking into, like, you know, we're, we're just going to make up the, the world's greatest widget company, and he's interviewing <laughs> for a $500,000 a year job, and he walks in, and they're like, uh, formal wear. And he's like, well, this is my Irish wool pullover. Like, what, what are we what are we talking about? There? Okay, okay. Sir, turn around okay. and don't come back. That's what they're going to tell him. <laughs> Sir, turn around and don't come back. We'll, we'll keep breaking it down. I mean, I will say that from that side of the glass, uh, Evan, uh, Evan at least wore oh, a coat. we have one more person. Right. that we need to check that, on. But that's the thing. Like, Luke, Luke is shadowing on. today. Luke, And Luke, Luke outdressed Devin. I mean, that, Let me this see, is... Can, I, can, can y'all show Luke, please? No, I mean, we're, we're, we're really throwing See, Luke has on the collar shirt and everything. Luke understood. So, Luke. Luke got the assignment. When, when Evan told you about Just for Success Wednesday, what was your mindset? My mindset was I've got 30 minutes to get to campus. I should probably find the best thing I have in my closet. And uh, this is what I came up with. Thank you, Luke. I respect Thank that. you for taking it serious. I respect Thank that. You. Anything for you guys. You and know that. By the way, I did ask Evan about his decision not to wear a tie. He made it clear his wife told him not to wear the tie, and he did exactly as he's told. I can't fault that either. I mean, so far, you know, I mean, I, I think <laughs> Luke Luke gets a nine. Evan gets a seven and a half. Devin gets a two. This is an Irish jig. 
Okay. I'm still dressed well, for- I mean, it would have been a lot better if you'd have went to Ireland and told me like you, you met a nice young lady or something, but you didn't even do that. So like, don't tell me about your Irish wool sweater. Yeah, last. We just, should we last. Just a question, Devin. <laughs> can a pullover go over a shirt with a collar on it even? Oh, sure it can. Yeah, okay. yeah sure. Okay. Well, apparently we now he know. Gets so defensive. I feel like it's he'd be a little warm, though. Like, that sweater looks it is, really it is, warm. It is actually getting really hot. It's <laughs> going to be like 60 degrees today, which in Connecticut is the equivalent of 130 in most places. So you know by the, the minute you walk outside, you're going to be schwitzing like putting in a picnic. I'm, it's going to be everywhere. It's starting to happen right now. Okay, that's good. Well, we know the dress for success for Dev means he wants to be a sheep shearer. That's all I can take out of this. Uh, we also know that Jalen Brown wants to be uh, he wants to be respected. All right, He wants to, to get a little love. And this is a common theme at times from different players in the NBA, uh, but uh, realistically, this is what he told the ringer. Uh, when they asked about his future with the Celtics, he said, quote, I don't know, as long as I'm needed. So uh, he, he when asked how long he's going to stick around, he says, as long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time, and I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense, but I'll stay where I'm wanted. I'll stay where I'm needed and treated correct. Harry, that's a pretty uh, blunt statement from a superstar. But I love it, though, because he's being straightforward, right? He's being straightforward. He's not trying to hide his feelings. He's, he's stating things as, as if he, the way he's seeing it. And I, and I love the honesty from Jalen Brown, a product of Georgia, uh, right here where I live. And I would love to see him on the Hawks if the, if the Celtics don't want him. But what him and Jason Tatum have been able to do together has been phenomenal, especially a year ago, right? You had all the rumblings. Should these two be paired up together? They figured it out. They play well off one another. But then you had the rumblings again of, you know, the Celtics trading for Kevin Durant. So that probably made Jason Tatum feel some type of way, like he wasn't appreciated. And if you look at the playoffs last year, uh, Jalen Brown really stepped up. He played well, and when Jason Tatum wasn't, you know, fulfilling his duties and and his needs as a superstar player, it was Brown who made up for the absence of the deficiencies that that were had by Jason Tatum and the lack that that he was playing. So, I think he's a he's one of the best players in the game today. I think anybody in the NBA would love to have him on his team, but if I'm the Boston Celtics, I would love to keep Jason Tatum. I mean, excuse me, Jalen Brown on my roster to pair him up with Jason Tatum and not have him go somewhere else. But if he's feeling some type of way, that leaves the door open for other ball clubs to bid for him. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. And, you know, it's funny, you say he probably felt some sort of way about some of the trade conversation last summer. We say probably. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski doesn't speak in probables. He speaks in facts. And uh, this morning, ESPN senior NBA insider Woj said this about Brown and the trade talks last summer. I don't think Jalen Brown was happy that he was involved in trade discussions with the Nets last summer with Kevin Durant. Uh, but I think Boston knows I think with, with Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum, you have to treat every year as though this is your best chance to win one, uh, to win one, and then win another because as talented as Boston is, probably the deepest roster in the league, this is a year-to-year proposition in the NBA. I mean, it is pretty alarming when you hear it that bluntly that, you know, when Woj says things, everybody's ears perk up, and I don't know how you make that right. If, if there's been in trade talks, 
uh, and conversation in the NBA. Woj also pointed out that contracts don't really matter. Keeping players happy matters. Uh, you really do have to extend an olive branch and try and sing Kumbaya by the campfire. I don't know how you undo what's been done from that. And if you're Jalen Brown, you feel some kind of way about the fact that you're always in Jason Tatum's shadow and you feel like maybe the organization in the city doesn't value you enough. There's not an easy fix for that, Harry. Well, also, you heard the rumblings of, of, of Jalen Brown about – you know, some fans up there in Boston and some things they may have said to him and how he feels uh, about them in those regards as well. A lot of things that we talked about with Bill Russell, he had to go through, right? It, it seems like a lot of these things are start to, not to the extent of Bill Russell because times are different, but you still hear the chatter from some of those Boston Celtics fans that Bill Russell had to deal with as well back in his days. And that rubbed Jalen Brown kind of wrong as well too. What If you're a player – and you're in that situation and you just want to shine. Because you certainly know what it's like to be around other teammates that are mm-hmm. incredible. How, how, do, how do you find your self-worth? What are you looking for? If you're in this organization, you got to look around. If you're Jalen Brown, you got to look around and say, look, I, 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 it's not realistic for them to suddenly love me more than they love Tatum. Do you got to go somewhere else or can the organization fix it? I, I will say this. It can drive a, a player like Jalen Brown to want to go somewhere. To want to go somewhere and be the 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 main guy, in which he's he's showered with love in that way as well. And then let's be honest, let's call the spade a spade. He's not showered like that in Boston, right. because Jason Tatum is the franchise player. Jason Tatum is the guy, right? So he, I don't think he would ever get shadowed like that in Boston, be, as long as Jason Tatum is there. So he might need to go elsewhere to do so. Now, do I think the Celtics should do that? No, I think they should try to keep him together as long as possible. But if he doesn't want to be there and he wants to go somewhere to be that number one guy and he's going to be looked at within the organization as the number one guy, I think he's he's allowed to do that as well. Well, to that end, Jay Will on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max was asked about Jalen Brown and the ability to be a one. It was an interesting conversation they were having about who really dominates this team and, and whether or not you have to have a set leader in these situations. This is what Jay Will said specifically about Jalen Brown's ability to be the guy. Does Jalen Brown want to be the number one? Because he deserves to be the number one. But what comes along with that? Carrying a franchise by yourself. Can he win more chips with Jason Tatum? Potentially so. But at the end of the day, when you're young, Key, we know about this. When it comes up to your money, which he's already gotten his money before, but it's a lot of, I want mine. I want something that is mine, and I want somebody that appreciates me and understands my value and sees me as the option. Not one of the options, but the guy. And I think that is something that Jalen Brown is going to fight with. That's such an interesting portion of this because we don't know enough about how he's wired to know what he's feeling right now. You know, and if the the desire is to stay in Boston and just feel loved by Boston, they're going to have to really work on that. If the desire is to go out and be the guy that carries the franchise, that's not going to happen in Boston. He's going to have to find somewhere else to do it. No, 100%. That's Jason Tatum's team. He is the franchise player. He's the one, you know, who, who's been up for the MVP award or in the talks or the considerations. It hasn't been Jalen Brown. Not saying that Jalen Brown can't be that guy. He just hasn't been up until, uh, up until this point. Jason Tatum has. All right, we'll keep breaking it down, obviously, as we get more information on Jalen Brown and what it means moving forward. But in the meantime, another athlete who wants to be in Boston, but it might tell us what's wrong with the once-storied NFL franchise. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The legend of Michaela Schifrin grows every day and doesn't appear to be slowing down anytime soon. 
The American skier has steadily earned her place as one of the greatest athletes to ever compete in the sport. The next great thing in American skiing. Her dominance gained attention at the age of 18 when she became the youngest slalom champion in Olympic history. She owns three Olympic medals, 14 World Championship medals, and owns the record for Women's World Cup wins, all before the age of 30. I know it's going to be a really long road ahead to continue to be successful with my career. With great expectations ahead in her career, Schifrin is only getting started. Celebrating Women's History Month on ESPN Radio, brought to you by Union Pacific. Get your career on track with Union Pacific Railroad. Apply at up.jobs sports. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. We used to practice it Saturday mornings in our walkthroughs and stuff, and I had a, a little package. You had a little, little package? Did, little did they know. Harry Douglas got a little package? At that time, I had a little package. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, I'm all grown up now, baby. I'm all grown up now. <laughs> I think Evan Producer has now quit the show. Get it now, All day long. Mm. Oh, Harry's wearing a cowboy hat, which means that's the only way country music gets in this show most of the time, which is to only alarming so to me considering I made my living playing country music for how many years? But it's fine, Devin. Apparently, I got to dress like Woody Baby. from Toy Story to get any country music love around here. I swear God made you for me. Hey, you Jason Aldean's a Georgia boy. Have you guys like hung out? Have you hung out with Aldean yet? No, I haven't. I oh, haven't. He's a Georgia boy. We should, we should that's connect. That's my song, though. All right. All right. That's good to know. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, sometimes we've had some athletes come on the show over the course of the last few weeks that just signed a new contract, right? And when you have somebody come on that just signed a new contract, you get a pretty quick sense of what they either think they have now or what they think they didn't have then, right? Because it's a new opportunity. So what they say is very intentional. So I was a little surprised when I heard Juju Smith-Schuster, the Patriots' newest signing, the wide receiver that they brought in, uh, who spent last year with Kansas City and before that was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is what he said on 98.5 The Sports Hub on why he wanted to sign with the Patriots. To be honest, it was it was, uh, it was Belichick, man. Uh, the the guy, you know, just the want and the need, and you know, the position that I can fill there, uh, you know, really, really brought my, like, caught my attention. I and I felt that like that was the most thing, you know, like feeling wanted uh, in a place where you know I played against, you know, a head coach where you know I have a lot of respect for, and uh, I just think that that goes a long way. So he talks about being wanted. And he talks about his respect for a head coach as being the reason he picked a team. But what's really surprising to me about that is, as I just mentioned, Harry, he comes from organizations with tons of success and great head coaches. Makes no sense to me. Um, Just say you want to play for the Patriots. You saying you want to play for Bill Belichick. And I, I understand Bill Belichick has been phenomenal for that team. He was phenomenal when Tom Brady was there. Uh, Bill Belichick has also made some questionable moves recently. 
as a general manager and also as a head coach, right? Because let's not forget they didn't have an offensive coordinator last year. Mac Jones, the quarterback, the starting quarterback, took a step backwards, not a step forward after having a decent rookie season. Now, when he was in Pittsburgh, he was with Mike Tomlin, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. When he was just in Kansas City, where he won a Super Bowl, he was with Andy Reid, who was going to be in the Hall of Fame. All of a sudden, just Bill Belichick is the top-notch guy, and I get it. He's won a lot of Super Bowls, but what have you done for me lately? Now, is Bill Belichick looking at Juju Smith-Schuster's? Hey, you know what? We can get a guy in here uh, that, that, that we don't have to pay a, a ton, a ton of money to and try to rob Peter and pay Paul. Is that why he's bringing Juju Smith-Schuster in? It, it, well, it feels, though, like when you start thinking about the coaches and the organizations, I, I'm going to say coach and organization that, that Juju is no longer a part of, you got to think a little bit about the overall context of it, right? Like, in my mind, the Steelers always draft wide receivers. So I understand why the Steelers would let a wide receiver go. Why pay one when we can always draft one? I understand. I, I, like, I can get that logic. So and they're he, one of the best teams at doing it. A hundred percent, right? And so, but then what comes next? After that, then he goes to Kansas City. Well, Kansas City certainly was in a situation where they needed to pay somebody. They needed to bring somebody in. And uh, they, they bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, but they look around and decide he's not worth a big money deal. And now the Patriots come in. For years, the Patriots got benefit of the doubt. Whoever they signed, you'd say, oh, well, that makes a ton of sense. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Three-year, $22.5 million deal, $16 million of it fully guaranteed is the, are the devil and the details on the contract that they signed with the Patriots. For one organization that's run really well to say, now we're good. And then another organization that's run really well to say, now we're good. And then the Patriots come in and give it a bunch of money. That just... It doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I continue to look at the Patriots and say, more than anything, right now, today, in this moment, they've lost benefit of the doubt. I just can't look at everything they do and say, that makes sense anymore. It's not, it's not the Patriots of five years ago. Oh, I'm going to take it a step further. You look at Juju Smith-Schuster, his career um, entirely, right? He had his best seasons with a quarterback, being Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Now you're going to Mac Jones – who's trying to continue to find the offensive identity because they didn't have one a year ago and is trying to have a better year than he did a year prior, years prior. Also, when he was in Pittsburgh, there were other guys alongside of him at the wide receiver position. When he was in Kansas City, you had a guy named Travis Kelsey. Now you're with the New England Patriots. Who's going to be that guy? Because we did see Juju without an Antonio Brown, and it didn't look so good. Right, we did see him in those lights. That's, I think, a really smart point by you because now all of a sudden it's just sort of sinking in. He's had two Hall of Fame caliber coaches, and he's had two Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. Yep. And now he goes somewhere where certainly, yes, Bill Belichick, one of the best to ever do it. There's no doubt about it. But Mac Jones is a wildly unproven entity at this point. He's right? a wild card right now. He's a wild card. So you're Juju. You're going to this organization that uh, it, it reminds me. I know I use food analogies a lot because I'm always hungry. But you know that there must be a restaurant somewhere in your life that you used to go to that had the best food all the time. And everything was perfect. And the service was perfect. And every time you walked out, you thought, it doesn't matter what it costs. It is worth it. Because every single time I have the experience of a lifetime. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize, man, 
Food hasn't been as good the last few times. Service isn't as good as the last few times. The drinks are a little watered down all of a sudden. You're looking around and you're thinking, I'm not sure this is worth it anymore. That's who the Patriots are now. The Patriots used to be the only restaurant in town because they always did it right. Every single detail was perfect. Now the Patriots are sort of a watered-down version of what they used to be, and they're signing somebody that smarter organizations decided not to sign. I mean, I think that's I think that has to have some prominence in the conversation of how we view Juju Smith-Schuster as a New England Patriot today. Well, I will say this. When I look at the guys who's also going to be beside him, um, Thornton has to step his game up. Mike Kosecki, they brought him over at the tight end position from the Dolphins. He's going to have to really help out Mac Jones. And the other guys as well, Kendrick Bourne, a few years ago, they brought him over free agency uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. He's going to have to step up and be, be more of a playmaker for him. Can, um, uh, Jacoby Myers is no longer there. He's now with the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Jacoby Myers was that guy for mm-hmm. them last year, even with the deficiencies that they had offensively. So you have a lot of guys in which are going to really have to step their game up. But here's my thing. If the people around Juju aren't stepping up and playing at a high level, Things gonna be that's it's gonna be that much more harder for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it it just feels like everything that's happening in New England doesn't line up in a way that we're we're able to talk about the Patriots the way we have for two generations. That's just real for right gone. now. Yeah, Tom Brady, they don't have a Brady. They got a Mac Jones, and that doesn't feel as good. The question is, a bunch of teams are trading up in the draft right now, trying to find a Tom Brady. Are they gonna find a Brady? Are they gonna find a Mac? We'll talk to an expert about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. I can guarantee you. There's no show on ESPN Radio more excited for the NFL Draft than this one. I know, Kenny and Carlin are going to be hosting the draft on ESPN Radio. You want to listen to every minute of that. But Harry Douglas and I will be part of a massive group handling it on digital. Really proud last year. Over 10 million people watched our draft broadcast last year. So wherever you get your uh, ESPN digitally, socially, we'll be out there uh, getting you all your draft coverage as well. It'll be the sixth year in a, in a row that I've uh, had the honor of hosting that show. And one of the other shows I've been honored enough to be a small part of is First Draft, the podcast you got to check out that's out there getting you ready for the NFL draft with uh, none other than the great Mel Kiper Jr., ESPN NFL draft analyst, who joins us now on Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And Harry, I'm just going to tell you, during the break, it came to our minds. We said, you know what? We got to find out what Mel Kiper Jr. had as a grade on Harry Douglas when he was drafted. Uh-oh. We threw it on him with no warning. And Mel, apparently, you have it my friend so a thanks for coming on b what did you have for harry 
Anything you ever want to know about Harry Douglas, I can tell you right now. It's all here. <laughs> it's all here. Harry averaged over 20 points a game in high school on the, on the hardwood for a team that was ranked fourth in the state, Harry, correct? That's right. That's right. You also Bill. played baseball in high school, correct? Yep. Sure did. He did it all. I had you as an underrated player. I said I've been extremely high on you for quite some time. The big concern was size, which you were been about 15, 20 pounds heavier. But yet with the size concern, you still projected to be a guy who, the way the game was played in the NFL, could be dangerous. And I gave you a third to fourth round grade. Actually, in the mock draft, I was a little off. I had you going in the fourth round, 125th overall to Jacksonville. Okay, okay. By the way, See? all of that is spot on. Harry is small, yes. Harry's athletic, <laughs> and Harry was drafted in the third round. I can say these things. God, Mel, you're so good at this. I had him in a no, fourth, so I was a little that. off. Harry, you went a little earlier than I thought, pal. <laughs> well, remember that year, we didn't have any receivers go in the first round, so it probably could have been different if we would have had some of the guys go in the first round. Yeah, that was probably Deshaun Jackson. Second. Remember Deshaun right. Jackson? The Jordy Nelson? Year? Exactly. Jordy Nelson yep. out of Kansas State that year as well. Yes, you were right. You were my 11th highest rated receiver that year. Uh, uh, Mel, how many, do you have like a, a whole library of all the years? Like how oh, many yeah, years back, back to? Going from 1979 all the way through. Yep. You know what? I will provide all of the crab cakes you want if I can just come sit in the room once and just look at the books, Mel. That's all I want. Just let me, just let me look at the books. Unlimited crab. Uh, that's all I can offer. All crab right. cakes and, and draft. Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. You can come anytime. Chase. Oh, my God. I, I'm 100% in on this. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about C.J. Stroud. Ohio yep. State. I want to stress this. Ohio State is having their pro day today, but that includes C.J. Stroud. So uh, realistically, why was C.J. Stroud, in your mind, why will he be the first quarterback selected in the draft well they had the pro day today he was obviously throwing to jackson smith and jigba I had smith and jigba running in that four four nine to four five three range obviously every clock is different but i think jackson smith and jigba could be a top 15 pick now but i think we look at cj the size at 63 215 220 the fact that he is so accurate to every level and the fact that in the georgia game six scrambles for 66 yards keep in mind in that one game against Georgia, six scrambles, 66 yards, and 12 prior games, 63 total yards on scrambles. He had more in one game than he did in 12 previous games. And he even said, I wish I'd have done it more. I wish I'd have used my legs more. Well, he did it in that game. Can he take that into the NFL and play like he did against Georgia? If he can, you got a dynamic dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, for me, Mel, C.J. Stroud, watching him this season, he made a lot of NFL throws. You talk about opposite hash, throwing across the field, throwing down the field, throwing to the sidelines. There's no throw on the football field that he cannot make. But for at his pro day today, what are teams actually looking for in C.J. Stroud? You know, not a lot in a pro day. I've talked to teams last week said pro days. It's about the private workout for quarterbacks. The private workout is more important than the pro day. I'll tell you this. Who had the best pro day in the history of pro days for quarterback? Jamarcus Russell. Who had the worst pro day in the history of quarterbacks? Oh, yeah. Peyton Manning, okay? I got calls, Harry and Chase, you'll love this. I was getting calls from my NFL friends saying, boy, he's bouncing passes, the ball's wobbling. This is Peyton Manning now, right? Mm. They're all rolling their eyes, looking at how and, and, and Jamarcus Russell, boy, threw the ball further than anybody. He's got the strongest arm I've ever seen. So, again, that's where you're thrown against air. 
you should not let many balls should, should be hitting the ground. For, for C.J. Stroud, probably none hit the ground. And, again, just build that one in that wave and keep that wave of momentum going from the Georgia game to the combine to the pro day to the private workouts. And then all of a sudden, you're going to give Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers an awful lot to think about in terms of that number one pick overall. All right, so, Mel, you can solve a debate that we were having earlier in the show because, according to some reports, the Texans and Colts are not sending their GM or head coach to today's pro day. What does that mean to you when you hear that? Nothing. Uh, it really doesn't because I've had teams that have told me that they already knew who they were taking when they had the pro days. By the time the pro days came around, we had our pick already made. We knew who we were taking. I, they still went to these pro days now because they had to for show because they don't want to tip their hand. It's a lot of people think if you don't go to a pro day, you don't have an interest. So, again, I think the NFL feels like they're going to get tape of this anyway. So, again, as I said, pro days overrated private workouts for quarterbacks people don't talk about but that's the most important thing so again don't read anything into it right now uh, because like I said private workouts for quarterbacks are critical in this equation now what would it take for the Carolina Panthers to surprise everyone and take Anthony Richardson with that first overall pick I wouldn't be surprised by anything, Harry. After Baker Mayfield went number one a few years ago, uh, was that five, six years ago? I thought for sure it was going to be Josh Allen. I, I thought, man, you can write that in pen. It's now I know they're really not super high on Sam Darnold. It's got to be Josh. And then you hear the day before the draft, the night before the draft, could be Baker Mayfield. The morning of the draft, I come down to, for a meeting and get a little breakfast, right? Have a little Danish and, and a coffee. And I'm here at Baker Mayfield. I'm thinking, what? I just projected my, my Josh Allen number one. Boy, am I wrong. And, um, and he took Baker. I would have never believed that. Baker Mayfield had a third, fourth round grade until midseason moved up a little bit, and they take him number one. So could Anthony Richardson go number one? Sure he could. Do I think he will? No, because he's a developmental quarterback. And yes, they do have Andy Dalton there, but do they want to wait a couple years? And, and, and they have some pieces around the quarterback with the O-line, the addition of Thiel, and the addition of Sanders, okay, and what they've done there, uh, and, and Hayden Hurst. So they have pieces around the quarterback. Do they want to wait for Anthony Richardson? I don't think so. I think Seattle with Geno Smith in place would be a better fit, but I would not be shocked if, in fact, Anthony Richardson went number one overall. Mel, before we let you go, we've had a lot of conversation on this show this week about Jalen Carter. Obviously, the pro day is now added to the information. What are you hearing at this point about how teams view him? Teams view him, the, the ones I've spoken to, and I'll speak to 32, just a handful, and uh, they feel that he won't drop very far, if at all. And I had him going fourth before anything happened. I have him going sixth now. Seattle at five could take him. Detroit, Las Vegas, Chicago, Philadelphia, all those teams picking for Atlanta, Mel. Atlanta. Yeah, I, I skipped that Mel. for a reason, Harry. I, I, I skipped Atlanta for a reason because I knew you would point that out. So that, that's one of those teams at eight right now that could certainly take him. So every team from five to ten, including the Atlanta Falcons, Harry Douglas Falcons, could take Jalen Carter. Uh, by the way, I'm ever the professional, but I've made a life rule a long time ago that every time covering the draft, somebody says, Jamarcus Russell, I have to take a drink as a lifelong Raiders fan. So after the show, <laughs> things are going to get weird for me, Mel, at this point, because that was a lot of Jamarcus there. That still hurts. All these years later, it still hurts. Mel, as always, you are doing great work, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Great job, guys. Enjoyed it, man. ESPN NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. We are getting absolutely closer and closer to the NFL draft. With that being said, the team picking at the very top controls what everybody else is going to do, and they may have tipped their hand. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Brought to you by Bank of America. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel lady. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Harry, do you like dramatic TV shows like Bravo, like reality shows? Like, Do you, do you like any of those where like... The pot's always stirring and everybody's like, you know, real housewives or, you know, below deck or is there a guilty pleasure like the, in that vein that's sort of a dramatic TV show for Harry Douglas? You know, okay. Okay. Does your wife watch any of that stuff? Like, I, 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 here's my point. The NFL draft is better than all of them. Right? Like the NFL draft is better than all the reality TV shows because every year you get the reunion because you find out about last year's picks and the year before. And you also get all the drama of what's about to happen, which is part of why I love covering it. I love working on it with you. Now, all of the drama could go away. Uh, in theory, the, the second the Carolina Panthers traded up number, number one, they did so probably with somebody in mind. Like I would have a hard time imagining they just looked willy nilly at the draft board and thought, you know what? Could be any of these guys. Let's just go ahead and trade up to number one. Like you got to fall in love with somebody, right? To go up to number one, you got. I'm in my mind, you got to be in love with somebody. And I would think it would be C.J. Stroud, most likely to just step right in and play least questions. Trade up for C.J. Stroud. My very logical mind makes it make sense. But you have long since said that you think it could be somebody else because you are Team Anthony Richardson uh, as one of the quarterbacks that should be considered to be the top overall pick. Correct. Yeah, I think it could be any one of these guys, right? I, now, when I say any one of these guys, I think it's between C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. I wouldn't put Will Levis in that, you know, first overall pick category. Um, nothing against his play, it's just I wouldn't put him there. But when you look at a guy in Anthony Richardson and you look at the size, you look at the speed, you look at the athleticism, and you look at what the Carolina Panthers have in place, right? You look at the head coach, Frank Wright, who played the quarterback position. You look at Josh McCown, who was mentioned to potentially be the Houston Texans court, uh, uh, head coach a few years ago, or was it last year, right? He's going to be the quarterback coach. He's going to be there. Thomas Brown, a guy as, as their offensive coordinator. Then you have Jim Caldwell, a guy who, who, who coached at a very high level when he was with the Detroit Lions and also when he was with the Colts. So, you look at all those people around him, and then you bring in Andy Dalton. You sign Miles Sanders. The offensive line was better this year than it was a year ago because they brought in pieces there. You bring in Adam Thielen at the wide receiver position, a veteran guy. You have Terrence Marshall and Shai Smith who are younger. You got rid of DJ, DJ Moore, but you also bring in Hayden Hurst at the tight end position. Now you have a cast around to 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 compliment Anthony Richardson if you draft him now is he going to play early on might not but that's why you signed Andy Dalton to also show him the ropes and show him what it is to be a pro in the National Football League. So I don't put anything past Carolina Plus. We've seen this story before. They have a guy, they had a guy in Cam Newton who played there for so long who won an MVP, who led this team to a Super Bowl 
uh, appearance, right, before losing to the Denver Broncos. So it's not like they're not familiar with a guy of Anthony Richardson's size or the athleticism as well. So it, it raises an interesting point because I, a thousand percent, everything you just said, those are some of the same arguments I've made on why my beloved Raiders should pick a quarterback. Uh, you got Jimmy G, you got a bunch of weapons that are established veterans that can help that quarterback develop. Uh, I, I think there's a real logic behind all of it. When I think of these quarterbacks at first overall, I usually think see the field right away. But that being said, there is some element of potential surprise. And to that end, Daniel Jeremiah was on NFL Network yesterday doing his mock draft. And as he went up with C.J. Stroud at the top of the draft, Thomas Davis was sitting on set with him. For those of you that don't remember, Thomas Davis is a former Panthers linebacker. This was his immediate reaction to that pick at the first overall spot for the Panthers. You look at Bryce Young, you look at his resume. The kid was the Heisman Trophy winner last year for a reason. And then when you put guys around him like Alabama has, he played in the SEC, the highest level of competition in football, in college football. I just think that he's going to come in and he would fit well in Carolina if they were going to draft him. But like you said, DJ, I don't think that he's going to be their pick. I think it's going to be a very, very surprising pick in Carolina. Whoa. But I will say this. If this pick happens that who I think that they are in love with, I'm not a fan of it. Okay, so Thomas Ooh. Davis just told you he doesn't think it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. He thinks it's going to be a huge surprise and he's not a fan of it. That screams developmental quarterback to me, like because we're all split, whether it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, either way. People are split on whether or not you can take somebody that is that much of a crapshoot at the first overall pick. I see your point that it gives you the, the most upside, and if you're swinging that hard, you might as well swing for upside. But, but, I think, it's, but, it's, but it's not who I would take, honestly. I, so I got to get that out there. It's not who, who would I you would take, take with the first overall pick? Either. Me, Bryce Young, and if not Bryce Young, it's C.J. Stroud. One of those two guys will be the first pick of the NFL draft for me. I think for me, and, and I'm with you, I just haven't flipped uh, in the order. I would go C.J. Stroud first, Bryce Young second. I, I know that size hasn't been an issue for Bryce Young. I just, I'm just, I'm just absolutely a prisoner of the moment with it, and I keep seeing it, and, and it's funny. I see this one metric, and, and this speaks to, I think, what a lot of people go through. You and I watch collectively more college football than I think 99% of the world since we work in it so much that we cover it. We watch a lot, right? I've seen so much dominance from Bryce Young on film and in person. I've been in the stadium when he does his thing. And I still then see the numbers on him and think, oh, he's tiny. Like, even though my eyes have never once thought in a game, oh, he's too small. I keep seeing the metrics. I'm like, I don't know how you take somebody that small. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny that my brain is playing tricks on what my eyes have seen. Well, can I, can I say this about C.J. Stroud, though? I understand what you're saying about Bryce Young. Because I was able to interview C.J. Stroud as well during that Heisman campaign or the Heisman uh, ceremony when Bryce Young won it. And one of the things that, that re have really impressed me about C.J. Stroud is that he's always cool, calm, and collected, right? He's never rattled. He's just relaxed. He's mild-toned. And that's the way he plays the game. That's big for the quarterback position, especially the National Football League, because things aren't going to always go well. And understanding college, things may go well a lot more so than, you know, when you're playing the National Football League. But that's his demeanor. And that, that, that pays dividends at the quarterback position when you have a guy 
who doesn't let things get to his head, who doesn't let things rattle him uh, when he's in the pocket and can make every single throw on a football field. Especially to your point, when it's somebody that's coming from an organization typically that's won a lot of games and going somewhere where typically they're not going to win a lot of games. Being even keeled throughout that process is particularly important to be able to handle the downs that are inevitable with being the first overall pick. Uh, We'll keep breaking it down, but it's a massive night in the NBA and one team is fighting for its playoff life. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 